Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Today, I am super excited to have on Amy Fuel. She is the founder of the Homesteaders of America Conference. She has books on chickens and herbalism. She knows a lot about gardening and homesteading. Great to follow along on Instagram, YouTube. I've learned a lot from her and I know that you will too. So let's dive into the conversation. My name is Lisa, mother of seven and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. Well, hey, Amy. Thanks for joining hey, Lisa. me. Lisa. Thanks for having me. Have, I, have you been on the podcast yet? Okay, I was trying to figure that out. I cannot honestly remember. I know you've been on mine, and I think that's what I keep thinking about, but I don't think I've been on yours yet. Yeah, I couldn't remember if I, I know that I've been on yours, but I couldn't remember if that's what I was thinking of. But anyways, glad to finally have you on. Thanks for agreeing to come on, even though you just had a brand new baby. Yeah. So let's start with introductions for those who don't know you. I'm sure most in this niche do. But for those who don't know you, tell us a bit about you, how old your baby is, your conferences, whatever else you want to share. Yeah. So we welcomed our third child, Abigail, into the world July 1st. So at the recording of this, she's only three weeks old. Um, I looked at my husband the other day. I'm like, what was I thinking? (laughs) But she's actually been a really good baby. Um, And so I was concerned, like my other babies were, they cried all the time. And so I was thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to cancel this podcast interview. But thankfully she's been so good. (laughs) Um, So that worked out great. Um, So I, I'm Amy Fuel. I am the founder of Homesteaders of America, which is an organization where we teach basically people how to homestead anything from butchering chickens to growing a garden to herbalism and just encouragement to live this lifestyle. Um, We have a conference every year. The main conference is every October here in Virginia. This year, we actually dabbled with a few other smaller events that we did in Tennessee. We're going to pull back a little bit on that next year, but we'll still do probably a couple of events just in a different way. But uh, our big event has about 5,000 people. What That's what we max out at, at the fairgrounds here. So we're looking for a new location. And it's just a really fun time. It's a fun time of fellowship. It's like a big family reunion with a bunch of other homesteaders who enjoy living this lifestyle. And then we also have an online membership where people who can't attend the conference can actually go watch every video of every conference or at least the, the Virginia conference. So that's been a huge blessing to a lot of people to be able to kind of be there without not being there. And uh, of course there's other stuff in that membership as well. It's pretty affordable too. We have it set at $75 for the whole year. So we wanted something that was pretty affordable for people who couldn't come. And then uh, I also have my own business, uh, just the fuel homestead, which was my original business. And that morphed from homesteading related things into more of herbalism. Now that uh, over the last few years, I've been diving into herbalism and have been doing clinical herbalism and various different things, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, in this podcast. But I also have a membership. I launched that last year and that has grown crazy, amazing. So many people are trying to get into natural living. And so that's grown a lot. And then I just, I blog over there and have a YouTube channel and like every other homesteader nowadays. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, that's the basic gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if you are thinking about starting homesteading or you're already a homesteader and you're just looking for more information, there's just a wealth of information coming from your blog, your membership, your Instagram. And then obviously if you can attend the conference in person, which I would love to do sometime. I last year was totally out of the question because I had a baby in October. And then two years before that, I had a baby in October. So I guess I just like have babies in October. (laughs) (laughs) There won't be one this October. You should totally come. Just let me know when you want to (laughs) go. So tell us a little bit about your health journey. So like, did you start on this path whenever you first got married? Did you grow up this way? Did it start with kids? What did that look like for you? So I didn't grow up this way at all. I grew up in the normal American family where we ate, you know, boxed frozen food and both parents worked most of the time. And, you know, my grandparents were farmers. They did farm, but even then it was mostly beef cattle. They, they weren't necessarily a product of natural living per se. I didn't get on this journey until uh, we had our first son, and when he was a year old, he was diagnosed with childhood asthma. They started putting him on all of these inhalers and medications, and childhood asthma actually ran in my husband's family, and oftentimes people would outgrow it. And so I just didn't want to you know, have his body go through all of those chemical medications. So I started researching various different things. We started looking at raw milk and how raw milk can heal the lung lining, uh, which we, we did. We started getting goat's milk and raw cow's milk from a local dairy. And then that kind of led into essential oils and herbalism, which really is actually what set us on our homesteading journey. It started with herbs, not with you know, growing our own food. Um, my dad would have a big garden every year. My great aunt had a garden. My grandmother had a garden. So they definitely did the farming gardening thing. But when it came to good health, you know, there was that disconnect for some reason. And so, um, herbalism set us on the path to homesteading. We got chickens, we got all the other animals and we're living that lifestyle now. And so what happened was we watched our son live a healthier lifestyle and he actually did outgrow childhood asthma. And then we just were into this, this home setting. I saw, you know, my husband's health get better. I saw my health get better to some extent, but then we kind of hit a wall. We tried to have more children and unfortunately we dealt with secondary infertility and we weren't quite sure you know, which side was that? Was it him? Was it me? Was it both of us? And so we just decided we'll leave it in God's hands and just figure out, you know, if we have more children, great. If not, that's fine too. It wasn't until 2018, I decided to go um, on a keto diet. By that point, I was an herbalist. I had studied herbalism. I tried all the herbs to get pregnant. I tried everything Mm -hmm. and nothing was working. And so I, you know, I just came to that conclusion. I'm never going to have more kids you know, why not be healthy and skinny as I, you know, go through my late thirties and, you know, just live a great life. And so everyone was talking about this ketogenic diet and how they lost weight so fast. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go on the keto diet. I'm going to lose weight. This is going to be it. And unbeknownst to me, I hadn't really done a lot of research. Um, the keto diet actually helps with insulin resistance. So women who have PCOS or insulin issues or hormonal issues, scientifically proven that when they go on keto, most of them get pregnant and fertility kind of heals itself. Hmm. And so my nutritionist friend was telling me this the first month I was on it. She's like, you're going to get pregnant. 
And I thought to myself, no, I, number one, I didn't really want to get pregnant because we had a nine year old and it would be like starting all over again. (laughs) But lo and behold, two months after being on keto, we got pregnant with our second child. And then same story with Abigail actually went on the keto diet about two months before I got pregnant with her, not trying to get pregnant, just trying to lose weight and got pregnant with her as well, not expecting to get pregnant that quickly. So that's where I realized, you know, I knew nutrition played a huge role in our household, but I didn't realize it was such a major thing with certain people. You know, I ate healthy. I ate organic. I did all the things that everyone tells you to do. I was still overweight. So, you know, there was no rhyme or reason. And until I did this, the special diet. And so, um, that's kind of our journey to where we are now and how it's changed, you know, it's kind of changed our homesteading lifestyle over the years because now we're we're looking at not just growing our own food, but how can we eat differently and how can we live differently that's actually healthier than just eating organically. Right. Yeah. What I find so tricky, and I'm sure that, you know, neither of us are gonna have all the answers to this, is how individualized everything is. So like for mm-hmm. you, clearly the keto diet was something that really, you know, enhanced your health, obviously, because you go from not being able to have more children to getting pregnant, which is definitely a sign of health. How do you recommend people, or maybe you don't have an answer to this, I'm not sure, go about figuring that out? Because like, for example, right now, are you familiar with like the pro-metabolic community and like the influencers in that space? It's brand new to me. Yeah, I haven't I haven't dove into it really much. I haven't seen a whole lot of it yet, but I have heard about it. Okay. Well, it would probably be <laughs> anti-keto, but clearly for you, right? keto has been very beneficial. And so this is not at mm-hmm. all what this discussion is about. I just find it interesting <laughs> that it's so different yeah. for each person and like how to figure that out without just like saying, forget it all. I'll just eat whatever I want because there, there's so much contradictory information. Well, um, you know, I had people who were like, you're going to kill yourself. You're, you're just going to kill yourself. You know, you're going to wither away to nothing. And this is not a good diet. And I, I can't tell you if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, I didn't know what I was doing. That was great. And, you know, and metabolism and, and different things. And, and it's true. Every person, we all have something that's wrong with us, whether we like to admit it or not. Everybody has some issue because we are generations removed from the generation that didn't mm-hmm. have big pharmaceuticals and didn't have all these chemicals. And, you know, so we're all still right. healing from that. And in return, we're passing that good healing onto our kids. So they'll have less healing to do. But I would say knowing what your issues are really helps a lot for you to learn what, you know, what diet you should be on, if you should be on a special diet at all. And I think it's really important to understand that, especially in America, we eat way more food than most other countries do. And we eat way more food than our ancestors did. I mean, our portions are bigger now when we go to restaurants, you know, there's just a lot of different factors in that. So, you know, I'm a big fan of integrative medicine. I'm, I think it's great for people to do, you know, every few years do a blood screening to see what's wrong. Um, you can order your own blood screening and have a natural herbalist or nutritionist go through it with you and find out what the issues are. And from there, I feel like you can tailor your diet or your herbal plan or or whatnot. That's what we do. That's what I do with my clients is I always order a, a blood plant panel and then go through it with them 
Because there are people who would not benefit from a keto diet. You know, it's not for everyone. There are people who would not benefit from going vegetarian or going vegan, but then there are some people who would. And I know people, especially in the homesteading community, they're like, oh, did you just say that? Did you just say some people should not <laughs> eat meat? <laughs> That's not allowed, Amy. Yeah, I know, right? It's not allowed. But there are there are some people with inflammation issues that would benefit from a vegetarian or vegan diet. And so knowing your issues and getting to the root cause of them first is where, where you start with herbalism or with going on a diet or anything. Uh, that would be my recommendation. Yeah, that makes sense. So the, the first question on like the two different topics I want to cover for this episode, really this leads kind of into it. The first question is what do you not let into your home health related and where do you compromise like food and chemicals and what are the priorities? So let's start with that. Let's start with food. So what are some of the non-negotiables that you have set out for you and your family when it comes to food and in, in the kitchen? Yeah. So we do not do... I would say 98% of the time, we don't eat food that is heavy in dyes. That's one of the biggest things. So like really colorful cereal and, and things like that. We do have it as like, like for a birthday. Like if, if one of our kids has a birthday and they're like, I really want Lucky Charms or I really want, you know, I really want this cereal that has a lot of dye in it. Then I'm like, okay, it's going to be gone in a day. Anyhow, just eat it. You know? So we do, <laughs> we do have those, those instances where we allow it, but foods that are, are really heavy in dyes or foods that have been linked to, um, having chemicals in them, which again is, is a lot of cereals. We strive to always look for the, you know, the non-GMO symbol on, uh, food products that we purchase. We always, you know, try to go to the outer edges of the grocery store for things that we don't grow ourselves, because typically those are things that don't have a lot of chemicals or haven't been known to have, you know, be overly processed. I would say we we don't really buy candy. I know I'm such a, a party pooper on that, but our oldest son, a lot of the health issues that he had with asthma were gut related. And so when he would get candy, it would just go after it. I mean, it would literally be gone in a day, even if I hit it. And I always noticed behavioral issues and, you know, eczema flare-ups and just various different things. And when you see those things in your kids or in yourself, it is a non-negotiable. It's, it's no, we can't do this anymore. We can't, you know, deteriorate your body anymore. So things that are super high in sugar, super high in dyes, we're very strict on minus yeah. those few, you know, special occasions that our kids are allowed to have it. I'm not saying that I don't buy Oreos sometimes because I do. <laughs> I do buy Oreos <laughs> and we do eat Oreos <laughs> and the knockoff Oreos don't work. They just don't. They got to um, be the regular ones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But, um, you know, we buy organic as much as possible. And I hear all the time, well, organic is really expensive and it is, but so is bad health. Bad health is really expensive. And so you just have to choose your expensive. You're either going to pay mm -hmm. at the grocery store if you're not growing most of it yourself, or you're going to pay in doctor's bills or in prescriptions to heal that eczema on your skin or to you know, to have that asthma or have issues with your body. And so we just, we have found a way with our growing family to eat less and buy better food that way, buy organic as much as possible and, and grow what we can. So 
I would say that's probably our non-negotiables is, yeah. I mean, pretty much everything we buy is organic now. Yeah. And it depends on what foods you buy. So if you're buying like organic Oreos, then that's expensive. But if you're sticking to the staples and you're buying, you know, the, the bulk of your food in staples, just ingredients, then it really isn't pricier if you're conscious about that. So does your... Other children have they struggled? I know your your baby's so, just a baby, but has your other son struggled with like asthma and things like that? Our second son, he is three, and he has had asthmatic tendencies, but he is not an asthmatic. I have a theory on that um, because we raised our oldest son quite differently, you know, when he was born than we did our youngest. With asthma being genetic in my husband's family, there are certain things, you know, that your children can have or you can give your children in the medical world that can make that worse. And so with the first oldest child, you know, we did, I don't know how you feel about talking about <laughs> vaccinations or not. Do you do that here? I mean, honestly, I think we all know what you're talking about. And to an extent, I'm fine okay. with it. <laughs> yeah. Our first son got everything. I mean, he got all of the vaccinations from day one, from the time he was born. And our second son did not. He doesn't have any vaccinations. And it's interesting because there are genetic markers that if your family member has genetic markers for asthma, then there are certain issues within vaccines that can cause that to flare up. And so I truly believe that's what happened with my oldest son. Uh, With my second son, I believe that even more because we didn't do vaccines with him. He had asthmatic tendencies, but he has never had asthma and he's since gotten over that. Uh, And he's only three. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he's never had to go through what our oldest son did. Now, obviously, Abigail, she is little. She's only three weeks. And so I'm not sure. Now, gender plays a huge role in that too. Boys are more susceptible to having asthma than girls Mm. are. So, you know, that can play a role with her in the long run as well. So it's just, I thought it was kind of interesting to see the difference between them because a lot of boys in my husband's family, they have asthma, whether they're siblings or not. And so with, with Everett, it was interesting to see that he was, he did not have it. Um, He would just kind of cough when he got sick or he would wheeze, you know, during allergy season. And we were able to combat that with herbalism. Yeah. Without going like too much into the weeds on this topic, I hint around with it, but you know what I mean? I think if you are curious about that, talk to lots of families who have lots of kids and ask them the differences if they have older ones and younger ones in their health. Just start exploring into that and uh right. Yeah, that's it's it's very, very, very compelling. So yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting, interesting topic. It yeah. for sure is. It's funny because I stayed like fully away from it for a long time. But then in the last couple of years, I feel like it's more socially acceptable. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, especially after 2020, so. right? <laughs> Exactly. I'm just saying like now I think it's even people who before would have been like, don't talk about that are now like, all right, we got to talk about this. Right. So, yeah. All right. I want to take a break from this conversation to tell you about today's podcast sponsor, Tubes & Co. I've talked about them a lot on here before. I love their skincare products. So their tallow balm that's so moisturizing and made from natural animal-based grass-fed 
ingredients so that it actually absorbs into my skin, gives it that moisture level. I like cleansing with the sea buckthorn oil and the charcoal bar. Today I actually have some new products that I'm trying out. So I got an email from Tubes & Co about natural ways, so organic, natural, not just greenwashed, but actually organic, natural ways to contour, which I'm really interested in learning how to do. Need lots of practice on actually figuring it out, but I wanna share with you what I got and I'm already loving them. So I got a primer, I got the Tubes & Co foundation, I also picked up the highlighter and the bronzer and the illuminator. So I'm gonna start practicing with this and figure out how to put my face on in a more natural way, which I've been doing for so long. I just feel like sometimes though I do it, I don't always look the best. So I'm gonna figure out how to actually employ some of those conventional makeup practices like contouring, but with all natural ingredients. Tubes & Co. is a husband and wife team. It's made right here in the U.S. So if you love supporting small business, U.S.-based business, and you care about toxins and natural and organic ingredients, Tubes & Co. is definitely one to go check out. So you can go to tubesandco.com and use the code FARMHOUSE to get 10% off your order. Again, that's tubes, T-O-U-P-S, and co.com. Use the code FARMHOUSE to check out some of their beautiful makeup, skincare, moisturizing, a full line of organic skincare products. Okay, do you have any tips or do you worry about it if you're on vacation, you're traveling? I get asked this question a lot, like what's your protocol on that, mm -hmm. like for food? So we are probably horrible on that for food, except we do a lot of salads. Um, so if we're on the road... We, we will get snacks. We'll take snacks with us. There's only so many snacks we can fit. Normally we have to rent a, v a rental vehicle. And so there's not always a lot of room when we're traveling and we don't travel that often. Normally it's just for conference or the random vacation every few years, but we will take food with us, but we do eat out a lot, but we'll try to go for like the sandwich wraps or the salads. There's a lot of good options now that used to not be even 10 years ago. Um, and so we'll do that. And then we do an Airbnb wherever we go. And so there's a grocery store nearby. So a lot of times what we'll do is just go to the grocery store when we get there and shop rather than taking food with us, uh, unless it's something that I've made that I want to take with us. So that's generally what we do. We do compromise during those times mm -hmm. just because sometimes convenience is sanity. Yeah. Oh yeah. But when we do that, we, we obviously choose a healthier option. So even our kids are used to that, you know, and then there's, again, we do have compromises. Like if the toddler's in the back screaming, he wants chicken nuggets, then we'll choose the healthiest chicken nuggets we can <laughs> have, you know? So we're normal people. Like we, we do not eat junk food every day, but we do have those, those instances. And traveling is one of those instances sometimes where we compromise. Yeah. I'm totally an 80, 20 type of person where when we're on vacation, I am not going to get too worked up and too upset because I can yeah. get like, I've been there in the past and preparing for a vacation whenever you are that worried about it turns into an absolute nightmare because instead of just packing and like gathering all the things you need for the trip, you're also like spending an entire week, like creating meals and plans. And it's just takes all the fun completely out of it. It's not a vacation. It's like, why go yeah, on exactly. Vacation? There's already too much to arrange to worry about that. But that, that is me too. I'm, 
way more laid back on that than I ever was. One thing I try to do, if at all possible, to bring raw milk or bring something with probiotics if we're not flying, like if we can bring kefir, that really does help um, to have like good bacteria competing with whatever bad stuff right. I'm eating does tend to help. Yeah, that's what I was actually about to say. So the one thing that my husband always wants us to take is raw milk mm -hmm. um, because he literally will go through raw milk withdrawals when we are out places. And it's funny because when we go do our Tennessee events, normally there's somebody at these events that has raw milk if we haven't brought our raw milk. And he, that oh, yeah. is where he is. He is at that booth drinking their raw milk the whole time. And I'm just like, babe, <laughs> you have to save the raw milk for other people. <laughs> but yeah, so raw milk is a, is a big one for us uh, when we're traveling or something like that, you know, something to that extent, your body really gets used to it. You know, when you're used to drinking raw milk or having the kefir mm -hmm. or having those probiotics. And so when you withdraw that from your body and then you put all of this other stuff you're not used to eating on top of it, it can make you sick. And actually the last two years that we've traveled, our second son has gotten sick both times. And I'm certain that's probably why, because, you know, he's overtired and he hasn't been drinking as much raw milk and he hasn't been, you know, doing all the things that we do at home. And so I either look before we leave for the closest health food store that has elderberry syrup. That's one thing I will look for, or I'll take our own elderberry syrup with us. And he just takes that the whole time now. Um, which normally helps his immune system stay boosted during the time we're gone. Yeah. So it's more about what you add on versus what you don't have in those situations. It's, you know, adding in the elderberry syrup, adding in the raw milk or probiotics really does seem to make a big difference. I've noticed the exact same thing. Yeah. So what are some non-negotiables when it comes to like cleaning, laundry, personal care, what are some of the things that you absolutely will not allow in to your home? So it's amazing how many people think they need a lot of cleaning products. I literally just clean with vinegar and water most of the time for mm -hmm. everything. I mean, absolutely everything. Yeah. And so we've just seen no need to really buy cleaning products over the last few years. Right. Um, and so I know for me, any kind of cleaning products, even the natural ones that are on the market, the scents that they use, I mean, I know that they're natural, but man, there's still something in them that just sets my family off. Yeah. And so we just don't use them. We, we don't really bring them into the house at all. Um, when we bought this house that we're in right now, just a few months ago, we had family members come in and clean and they use the natural cleaning products and it about <laughs> killed me to come in and, and just smell it. It was awful. So we don't do that. We don't do any kind of really cleaning products, even if they're natural. Um, we just use water and vinegar or some kind of natural soap to clean for everything, whether it's the countertop or the refrigerator or the toilet, everything. As far as laundry, we do choose a natural laundry detergent and that varies. It, it varies as to what we can find uh, when we go to the grocery store or wherever we get it from. And the one thing that really surprised me when I was researching laundry products is the amount of laundry products that have chemicals in them that are linked to things like Alzheimer's. And, you know, we have family members that have, you know, dementia hmm. or Alzheimer's. 
And so that was a big deal for me, you know, just thinking about my own husband. Like if I'm using this and he's going to be set in his seventies and have Alzheimer's and I could have prevented that just by using a natural laundry soap, you know, (laughs) why not do that? And yeah, it's a little more expensive if you don't make it yourself. Yeah. Um, but to me, again, I choose my expensive. It's, it's either expensive now or it's, you know, losing my husband when he's in his seventies, you know? So yeah, those are, those are the types of things that I think about when it comes to, you know, laundry and cleaning supplies in the household. And then, you know, we don't use a lot of things. Like we really don't use a lot of perfumes or colognes or, or anything like that either. It's just a family decision we've decided to make over the years. Yeah. It's really funny how much marketing is behind all of that. Because like you said, You can tackle Mm. pretty much any job in your house, except maybe like a few very rough areas, maybe like once a year with vinegar and water. But we have like, we all grew up with like a cleaning caddy. I don't know about you, but like, I think it's definitely moving in a different direction. But when we were kids, cleaning the house smelled a certain way. You had like your ammonia and bleach and there was like a rubber gloves and products for absolutely every little surface. Like there was shower cleaner and all purpose. What's the difference between that? What, how would all purpose right, and a right. shower, like what would be the difference? But I definitely grew up, you know, kind of like when I first got married, confused as to what products do I need? I need floor cleaner. I need wood floor cleaner. I need toilet bowl cleaner. And I'm thinking now, okay, that was all just marketing. That made me think that. It's literally just marketing. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> there. There is no difference other than some of them might have different chemicals than others. <laughs> and it does, doesn't do anything different. So does the same job. I think a lot of us can still fall into that, you know, especially with the YouTube homemaking community, a lot of people still don't use natural products. Mm-hmm. And so we see the caddy with all of the, you know, name brand cleaning products. And we think, oh, we have to have those, whether it's because it's the fall scent or the summer scent or, you know, various different things that, you know, you know what I mean? It's like right. little things like that. And it is, it's all marketing. And I know that because my whole career has been in marketing. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's like we, I, I'm seeing behind the know, veil, behind the curtain on that one. Right. Yeah. So it's, you don't need those things. And it's like that with everything I'm discovering when it comes to just living a simple lifestyle you don't need a whole lot. You don't need all the cleaners. You don't need to eat, you know, five times a day. You know, my family, we eat, we rarely eat breakfast and most people would say, Oh, that's horrible. But it, you know, there's something behind that too. Well, we eat a good lunch. We eat great snacks in between. We eat a great dinner and, you know, we kind of do intermittent fasting in the morning until a certain time. And so that's something that I did, you know, while on keto too. And it just, it helps heal your body. Now, again, you don't have to do it every day. You don't have to do it at all. But, you know, I always think it's really interesting how in the Bible it talks about fasting and it wasn't just for prayer time. It was, it was for healing too, healing the body and cleansing the body. And so, you know, there's, there's just stigmas and different ideas that we have from growing up or that society has told us, or that a commercial has told us that life should look a certain way. And I think for, for our family, we're realizing that life doesn't have to look that way at all. And in fact, if it doesn't look the way that society is currently saying it should, or the marketing team is saying it should, um, it's generally healthier than, than what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Sometimes you don't even realize that you have these certain biases and like these thoughts that 
have been so ingrained. Like you don't even notice they're there until you start thinking, oh, wait, why do I think I need like 15 glass jars labeled with something when all I ever needed was vinegar? Right. I'm so unorganized that right. I like the idea of like making homemade cleaners. I've done it. I make a lot of them. And then I, I like forget to label them. And then I, I write with like a dry erase marker before, you know, it's wiped off. And I'm like, what's this random bottle again? Too much of a minimalist, I think, for that. Yeah. Yeah. I We're the same way. I mean, if I can just have one thing and that does all the things, I, I'm good. Yeah. I remember in my old house, somebody asked me, how do you clean the floors? And there, it was an all wood floor house. So there was no carpet. And I was like, you know what? I don't. <laughs> and I, I spot clean. So like when I see something, I, I wipe it. But there was never a time whenever I, or I, maybe like once in like the whole time we lived there where I like got a mop out and cleaned all the floors. And somehow we completely made it through it. And we were healthy and fine. And so I'm like, is that optional? Is that one of those optional things? (laughs) The house looked good. I I spot cleaned all the time. Every time I saw a spot, had my rag in my hand, just a little bit of warm water. And so I'm like, oh wait, maybe like mopping your floor from top to bottom is an optional thing. Right. Am I gross? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I mean, so we lived in a really (laughs) small house before this and I felt like I had to clean all the time because everything was always muddy. You know, every, everything was muddy. Every part of the floor was muddy. And so I had to mop all the time. Yeah. But now. Yeah. If there was mud, I wiped it up. Like the floors looked good. I'm just saying I never got like the steam mop down and like did the thing, you know? Well, in this house, it's different. Like I can't tell you, I've only mopped the living room, I think, and maybe the kitchen. And that was just because something had spilled or the dog had, you know, gotten something everywhere. But every other room in this house, I mean, this house is like three times bigger than our old house. I've never mopped these floors. Why should I? Like, they're not, they're not horribly dirty, you know, like you said, I'll spot clean, but, and every homemaker in the world is gasping, you know, like, oh, horrible. That's horrible. I know. I'm like, am I allowed to say this? (laughs) This is horrible, Lisa. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking like, what's behind it? Like if, if it's very bad that I didn't do that, what should have been the consequence? Because I didn't realize any consequences for it. So I think that it was probably fine. I think you're fine. It's just in our minds too. Like I know for me, I don't know why, probably because my grandmother was an exceptional homemaker. Like everything was always clean. She cleaned all the time. And, um, I, so that in my mind, it made me worry like, oh my gosh, if my house isn't spotless, when somebody comes over, then they're going to think horrible of me. Like they're just going to think horrible of me. And, you know, as I've gotten older, um, I had an older lady tell me one time that her, she has a rule whenever she goes to a friend's house or whenever a friend is supposed to come to her house, their rule is that they are not allowed to clean that day. (laughs) They are not allowed to clean before their friend comes. (laughs) And because friends don't judge, they don't judge other friends' houses. And so, you know, I'm not saying be sloppy, like, no, don't be, don't be a slugger. Don't be sloppy. Sometimes I think we can make our homes, you know, this, this idol, like it should, it should be a certain way and it should look a certain way when really it just, it should just look like a home, you know, it should look clean, but it should also be a lived in home. And, and that gave me a lot of freedom when, when she told me that, especially an older lady, when an older lady tells you that there's something like special, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of wisdom behind that. So let's move on to another category, which I don't even like talking about this because I feel like I have done nothing about it and I just am like, wow, I don't want to hear it. Are you concerned with air quality, EMFs, (laughs) all of that 
type of stuff in your house or do you do anything? I mean, yeah, I'm concerned as much as everyone should be, I guess. But um, I do we do anything about it? No. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> um, where I am. We don't. And I, I feel like it's almost a losing battle. You know, there's, there's a lot of products out there that people say you can use. And I've seen a lot of reviews on those products. Um, you know, that, that are supposed to, you know, take chemicals out of the air. They're supposed to take radio waves out of the air. They're mm-hmm. supposed to do all of these things and they just don't work. You know, they don't work very well. Anyone who has a cell phone, you know, you're talking about specifically EMFs, you're going to have EMFs in your house, you know, unless you put your cell phone in a Faraday cage, there's everything is running through your house. There's a cell phone tower everywhere now, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's almost like why why even try? Yeah, sure. If you put one of these little products beside your bed, it might work beside your bed, but it's not going to, you know, cure the ailment, you know, in other words, for your whole house. And so there, I have a lot of concerns. That's a hot topic. I feel like that's a whole other podcast mm-hmm. episode or, or these things that we should yeah. be concerned about. Right. But, um, for us, we, we try to limit our exposure as much as possible. Um, I know that I sleep better when my cell phone isn't in my bedroom. Um, that's something that, you know, really I found interesting when I started doing it. Um, whether it's because of EMFs or whether it's because of, oh, there's a cell phone there. I should check and see what's going on. You know, I don't know which yeah. one it is. But I think in order to make any real difference in our home, with air quality and EMFs, we almost have to take it to a a more um, local political level, you know, with the amount of cell phone towers that are going up with the yeah, amount of, right. of issues that there are. Otherwise it's, I feel like that's just another marketing ploy. Sorry. I said it. Mm-hmm. I do. I feel like these products that people promise take EMFs out of your house or whatever. It, it really is just It's just another marketing ploy. Again, unless you're putting every electronic product in a Faraday cage, it's, it's really just not working at all. Yeah. It probably makes you feel better, like thinking that it works. But I mean, this is me speaking from a, I've done literally no research (laughs) on this at all. So I I guess take what I say very Mm. loosely, but um, yeah, that's one of those things I'm like, okay, but no matter what there is like service, like the other day we had a a guy come over to install new internet here which I'm regretting. I'm now going to keep old services, clearly. Um, anyways, he like put this little <laughs> tester on to see like where the nearest tower was. And we should have like with a hot spot for the tower nearby, we should have like a hundred, whatever the metric is, gig gigs, I don't even know, of internet because mm-hmm. it's so close. And so I'm like, well, then what? Right. I could do everything and that's still just like pulsing through our house, you know? Right. Well, that's the same story here. Like we moved here um, at our old house. We had, you know, cable internet. Um, It was great. It was fast. And then here that's not available at all because it's, you know, out in the middle of nowhere even more. And so same thing. We have broadband and there's this little tiny satellite on top of our house that connects to a 5G cell phone tower literally right across the road from our house. Yep. And my husband and I started talking like I had avoided getting 5G on my phone for so long. And so like a a month or so after we moved here, I was talking about how I needed to turn the 5G off my phone. He's like, why? He's like, it's literally our internet. Like that's what we're using for internet, whether you have it on your phone or not. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, oh, 
wait, <laughs> it, you know, it was this aha moment. Like oh, yeah. it happens even in this natural community, you know, people are like, don't turn the 5g on your phone. Okay. Well, there's a 5g tower right by my house. Same. Do you think that's not going through my house? It doesn't really matter if it's on my phone or not. So yeah, that's one of those things. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to not think about it. It's kind of like whenever your child has a certain <laughs> symptom and you start Googling, you're like, wait a minute, step back. Mm-hmm. let's just see how this plays out over the next, like, unless of course it's an emergency, that's totally different. But there's sometimes right. where you know, nothing's wrong, but you're going to Google it. This actually happened to me last night. So one of my kids woke up with growing pains, which has happened before to me. Another child had this, they grew out of them, but it's so scary because if you Google it, pain in the legs can mean a lot of things. And I'm like, right. Stop you know, it's growing <laughs> pains, put it away. Don't even think about this. It's like tomorrow today. He's running around like crazy. He's totally fine. It was definitely an overnight growing pain, but it's, it's kind of like that. Like, just don't even go down that road because there's at some point, nothing you can do. Right. Well, and this is where living naturally comes into play. I mean, there, there are things that happen in the world that we cannot control, you know, that's just how it is, but living a more natural lifestyle and living, you know, knowing that there are herbs that can, you know, there's adaptogen herbs that you can take daily, you know, in a tea or just a capsule or whatever that helps your body adapt to these things more efficiently and helps get rid of that stress in your body that these things put on your body. I tend to focus more on that with my family than actually trying to think that I can get rid of these things because it, it is literally fighting a losing battle. There's no way I'm going to do anything that gets rid of that cell phone tower. And quite honestly, do I want to, because I have a business to run, <laughs> you know, and I kind of need that cell phone tower. <laughs> exactly. I know. I also like really need that internet, but <laughs> If it all went away, I'm sure we'd figure out something, but yeah. as of right now, it's yeah. it's great. All right, I wanna to pause to tell you about another sponsor today, and that is Redmond Real Salt. So if you're cooking from scratch, like I am, making homemade bone broths, fermenting your own vegetables, you will find that you need a lot of salt. I know that every time I turn around, I'm refilling my little salt canister that sits above my stove. I'm sprinkling it all over our meat into our homemade bone broth. Everything just tastes better with a good quality salt. And when you're using that much of anything, you need to make sure that it is quality, that you aren't introducing something into your food after all of this hard work that is going to have negative impacts on your health. That's why I trust Redmond Real Salt. I actually purchased a huge bucket from them so that I don't run out. I find that that is one thing I can't do without. I can have staples on hand like eggs, like whole grains so that I can mill them and make flours and breads and milk from our cow. But if we don't have salt, I really can't pull a meal together. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash Redmond Farmhouse. And that is where you can get a discount on Redmond Real Salt. They've offered this for Simple Farmhouse Life podcast listeners. So make sure to stock up on a good quality salt for your kitchen while you're over there. Check out their seasoning salts. You can find so many things to dress up those summer barbecue meals, any meal that you are cooking from scratch. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash Redmond Farmhouse to get a discount on clean quality salt to add to all of your homemade dishes. 
Okay, so speaking of herbs, because you just brought up herbs, we are supposed to chat herbs. We are, you know, going into the weeds on a lot of things. So let's at least jump a little bit into herbs. I usually like to ask content creators what your frequently asked questions are, because there's probably certain things in regards to herbs that you get asked all the time. So let's just get those out of the way, because that's obviously what people want to know. So what what are people like always asking you? Yeah. So the one that question I always get asked, and I'm sure people just love my answer is, you know, what herbs should I start growing right now? What herbs should I keep on hand? Uh, or what herbs can cure high blood pressure and a headache? And, you know, my, these are the questions that I always get are people want this instant, um, healing when it comes mm, yeah. to herbalism. And so the questions are always, okay, tell me what herb to use for this. Okay. Well, there's like 15 of them and you know, I need to know your, your medical history and why you have this issue and, uh, why, you know, your body is reacting this way. It's like, you know, I had a client who, um, his back hurt and he had back issues and, he wanted herbs for his back issues. Well, the reality is that he, he may have had back issues, but really it was his thyroid. <laughs> that was the issue, mm-hmm. you know? And so these are, there's no instant gratification in herbalism. And I yeah. always try to start with that because, you know, we're used to the pharmaceutical industry. We're used to Tylenol working in, in 30 minutes. We're used to high blood pressure medicine working every day. You know, we just pop a pill and it brings our blood pressure down. Herbalism is not that way at all. And I don't say that to discourage people from herbalism, um, but herbalism really treats your whole body. It, it, you have to figure out what's wrong with your body uh, and kind of get to the bottom of it and then treat those underlying reasons. And then you'll see kind of what the, all the other symptoms go away. If you're treating your thyroid and you have 15 pains in other places and it's because of your thyroid and those pains go away, well, that's amazing. But we didn't have to use all these other herbs and products to get rid of those pains, you know? So I always recommend that people start with, what do you want to learn about? Do you want to learn about headaches? But, you know, write down the herbs that you want to learn about and the ailments that you want to learn about. Uh, and then go from there and, you know, learn about five herbs and learn all you can about them and then add five more herbs. And that tends to get people going on the, the herbalism track. And once you dive into herbalism and you really start learning about different herbs, you'll see, oh my goodness, all of these herbs, they could do the same thing, but then they can do variantly different things. And how does that work? How do I know, you know, that's another question I get is how do I know which herb to use for what? And, you know, you, you know, by taking the time to research what the differences are and, and what your issues are. And so I think that's a really good place to start for people, uh, when diving into herbalism, you know, another question I get frequently is about boosting the immune system. And, you know, technically you can't boost the immune system at all. Your immune system is what it is. Um, You can support your immune system to be healthier. And that isn't a, you know, that's not a one, one day thing either. You know, again, that goes into living a natural lifestyle and using supportive herbs and adaptogen herbs that can help support your immune system. But I think it's really important that people learn how herbs work. Um, but I think it's even more important that people learn how the body works. 
And, you know, did you know you have two immune systems, you know, not just one immune system and various different things like that. You have, you know, you have an innate immune system and you have an adaptive immune system and what, what do they do? What are their jobs? And a lot of people, you know, these are things that I feel like our ancestors knew and they were able to navigate herbalism better. But we don't know this about ourselves. You know, we don't know how our body works because decades ago we handed our bodies over to to scientists and doctors who made us believe again through marketing that they were the only ones who knew how everything worked. And so I think it's really important for anyone getting into herbalism to just also kind of take a basic look at the human body. And I didn't mention that um, before. I do have an herbal membership, but I also have an herbal course where we do talk about that. We specifically talk about viruses and the common cold and flu and other viruses, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and how the body works and, and how herbs work with the body. And so for your audience, I, I do this on every podcast I'm on. I always say uh, there's a book called Medical Herbalism by David Hoffman. And anyone who's really interested in learning how the human body works and how herbs work with the body, that is a really good thorough book to get. It's a huge book. It's an intimidating book, but it really lets you understand how your body works and how herbs actually work with the body. And it's slow. You know, we, we are all about slow food, we should also be all about slow medicine, you know, and as we heal our bodies with slow food and we learn more about slow medicine, you know, there are certainly herbs that work instantly like Meadowsweet for fever, but you also have to take it more frequently. You know, you have to take it every two hours instead right. of taking it once every eight hours, like, you know, Tylenol. So those are the gists of, of the main bulk of questions I get um, having to do with instant healing and how does the body work and uh, various different things like that. Yeah, there's just so many ways that you can start going down the path of learning about how your body works. And I think the first step is definitely like what you said is actually believing that you can learn about it, even if you don't have any credentials or numbers behind your name. I 100% believe that. There have been so many things that I and people that I know personally, friends that I have, family members who have taken something that they were told can only be fixed a certain way and completely reversed it with another way. Right. And so I think people are primed up and ready to believe that finally, but it's very hard convincing people that they are smart enough to actually start exploring into learning about their own body and how it works and not just handing that off. You know, obviously you and I both agree with that when it comes to birth. You clearly, right. you know, you took her her birth into not not into your own hands, but you learned about it and advocated for yourself, and you didn't just say, "Here I am, do what you want with me." Right, and that is very important. Yeah, I think I think that is very important. I mean, we we have been convinced just this entire generation and the generation before us, our parents and grandparents, really is what convinced us too, that we, we don't know anything. If we didn't go to school for it and it isn't our career, you know, then mm -hmm. we don't know anything. I can't tell you how many times I've been told that, um, I don't know anything because I don't have a PhD or, or an MD behind my name. Yep. And the reality is that, you know, I have watched more people be healed from simple herbal medicine more quickly than the pharmaceuticals that they're mm -hmm. on because they're doing the right thing. They're changing their yep. lifestyle. They're taking something that's whole 
and that knows how to work with their body. And it's not creating worse symptoms for them. It's taking away their symptoms because it's taking away the root cause of their symptoms. It's not just here, take this Band-Aid and then have five other gashing holes that you need a Band-Aid for that, you know, that we'll have to fix with another medicine. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just really important to remind ourselves that you know, you can parent your children, right? You know that you can parent your children. Although we do have society telling us sometimes we can't do that either. (laughs) Then you can take simple health into your own hands. I mean, people look at me and say, how have you never taken, have you not taken your kids to the doctor in the last, you know, eight years? Well, I just haven't because I've learned how not to, you know, and but I have friends, bless their hearts, that run to the doctor as soon as there's a 100 degree fever mm-hmm. or as soon as there's a cough or a sniffle. And I think that's fear. I think fear drives us to do these oh, things when if we just sat down mm-hmm. and realized how simple the human body is and how able we are to do these things on our own. And no one's going to knock on our door and tell us that we can't. You know, we have that fear too. A lot of parents have that fear that, oh my gosh, if I do it wrong, then yeah. what's going to happen? Um, and I think that we just have to get rid of that fear. You know, it's it it's something that's been there for generations that it's really time for it to go because there are so many of us now that are doing it. You know, I'm doing it. You're doing it. Your friends are doing it. Family members are doing it. And these kids are healthier because of it. You know, my, my three-year-old has never been to the doctor. He's never been to the pediatrician. He was born at a birth center. He came home. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, this three-week-old has never been to the pediatrician. Praise the Lord. You know, she's never had to. And hopefully, you know, we continue to do that. My oldest was constantly at the pediatrician because of all of the issue health issues that he had. And, um, that is not better. You know, I realize now knowing what I know now, and it's, it's just a matter of prioritizing and taking the time to learn about it. If you're truly interested in it and living this lifestyle and having, you know, a natural health family, just learning about it and, and going with it and experimenting, you're not going to kill your family. You know, I thought that too. Oh my gosh, I'm going to kill my family, you know, with these herbs and essential oils. And you're not, I mean, there's a, there's a good healthy dose of reality that you should have, which I talk about extensively every time I talk about herbs, but most of the time our bodies know what to do with natural medicine where um, we hear all the time Tylenol or or all of these other things getting taken off the shelf because parents overdose their kids on it, you know, or their kids have a bad reaction to it. And that is far happening less with natural medicine than it is with modern medicine. Yeah. And I mean, I know that if, if you haven't branched into the world of believing that there are certain things you can learn about and take into your own hands. Now, not everything, obviously, like if, you know, we've been to the doctor because we broke our arm, uh, two children have broken their arms and I do not know how to do that. Although I'd like to learn. I feel like that would be good to know. I don't currently know how to set a bone and (laughs) put a cast on, you know, and so obviously, you know, there are times when you need that expertise. And even, you know, with other issues as well, but there are also times when you think that you don't understand and have knowledge about something that you actually can. And just once you start, you gain more confidence in each area. And again, I encourage you to talk to somebody who, who's an experienced mother who has a lot of kids. You might 
you know, you might discover that there's more that you can learn about your children's health than than you originally thought you were allowed to mm-hmm. without certain credentials. Absolutely. Okay, we could talk about this forever. I have like a whole list of things like what do you do specifically during this and this, but I think that what we're leaving it at is to just start exploring and you've given us some good resources. Can you tell us again where they can start with you and learning about herbalism or just any of these things that we talked about, like if it's the very first step where they can start to just like step out and learn. Yeah. So you can go to my website, thefuelhomestead.com, and there are lots of free resources and blog posts on there about herbalism, about individual herbs, uh, even about certain ailments like allergies and various different things that you might be combating in your family. Um, And then there's also links to membership and the course that I mentioned on there. And of course there's YouTube as well. I, I have started talking more about herbalism on YouTube. And so, um, people can find me there as well. It's just Amy fuel at the fuel homestead. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy mom and mom entrepreneur schedule to chat on the podcast. I'm so glad to finally have you on. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. All right. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Make sure to check out the resources that Amy mentioned. I hope that you were able to learn a lot about some moms and what they do for certain health concerns as well as what we keep in our homes and what we guard from coming in. So make sure to go check out all the resources that she linked and I will see you in the next episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Mm -hmm.